Hi, this is Nick Walters with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest, and we are tickled to death to have our first international star on uh, the webinar Wednesday with us, Ophir Nevo with the Israel Cannabis Association. We enjoy a good relationship between the National Hemp Growers Co-op and the Israel Cannabis Association on exploring ideas about how to do more work with their genetics. Israel has been on the very front end of the genetics of seed. Uh, they also uh, know so much about uh, what hemp will do, particularly within their temperate zones. You'll learn a lot after talking to him and really get a good idea about how the cannabis plant, uh, industrial hemp in particular, is being uh, integrated into some foreign markets. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is Nick Walters with the National Hemp Growers Cooperative, and we are thrilled to death to have yet our uh, latest uh, Wednesday webinar series kickoff here on our webinar Wednesdays. And, and we are have as our guest today um, Ophir Nevo, who is the president of the Israel Cannabis Association. Uh, a little precursor before we uh, we'll let you know about seeing some, some PR later. We have uh, formed a great partnership uh, with the ICA between we at the Hemp Growers and, and uh, the ICA. So we wanted to let uh, our uh, members and the folks who are tuning into our webinars to know more about what they are doing. Uh, you'll be very impressed to know how far ahead of the game they are than the rest of us, at least in genetics and other things as it relates to uh, that are going on in Israel than, than a lot of other folks have, have been involved with. And as Ophir says, when you've got thousands of years of figuring out how to grow something in the desert, you get pretty creative and you start to find ways, find more ways to be able to, uh, to do well with that. So Ophir, why don't you start, if you will, and just take the floor and uh, please at least give us a little bit of your background if it's not in your in your sure. uh, slide deck there so we can learn more background. about you as well. Not much, but I will. I am, first of all, I am the general manager of ICA. We don't have a president yet, but maybe you would like to have the role, Nick? Would like no, to I'm, I'm, I've just deemed you that. Right? Um, uh, my origin, my family's from the U.S., but I'm born and raised in Israel, so sorry about the accident and some of the words are unpronounceable for me. And it, it happens sometimes. But, you know, I've done the Army service here in Israel. I'm a tank commander in profession and then studied economics and business. And, and in the past several years, I'm in the cannabis industry, mostly in technology companies. And right now running the um, ICA, that the main focus is um, technology, company, technology companies, com technology cannabis companies. Uh, but I'll get to that. And before I restart, I would like to ask you guys a few questions, if that's okay. If you can use um, the text box with uh, answers with a uh, Y for a yes or an N for a no. I would like to know if you guys ever visited Israel in the past. Okay, surprising. And no, no one... No one uh, visited, but not yet. I like the not yet answer because it's a good vacation spot if there's no war around. And how many people have done any businesses with Israelis in the past? You've done, for sure. No, okay. And um, 
does anyone already grows hemp today in this group? Okay, some do. And those that grow hemp, do you sell it for the medical market? Yes, no, no, medical. Okay, maybe maybe we, we shouldn't say. Maybe it's not uh, something we, we should share. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen, let's see. Let's open the presentation. One sec, you disabled my uh, screen sharing. Nick. Okay, great. So again, thank you for joining us today for this webinar. This will be the first webinar in a series about Israeli cannabis innovations. Um, I, I really want to answer all your questions. Feel free to write them in the text box and we'll get back to them at the end of the presentation. In this presentation, I will discuss Israel's agriculture in the past and its green future. Let me start with describing the local Israeli agriculture. Two-thirds of the land here is semi-arid or arid, and much of the soil is of poor quality. There is a shortage of natural water resources, a scarcity, I'm going to add some subtitles if my accent here gets stuck. Um, so as I said, we have a shortage here in natural water resources, a scarcity of rain, um, and Israel is from, from all its key export markets. Most early immigrants in the 1920s, when the state of Israel was still a dream, were tasked with developing the land, and they had no prior farming experience. And no arrival, they faced a dry, barren, or swampy landscape. Despite such overwhelming challenges, in its short history, Israel not only managed to create a remarkable agricultural transformation, securing its national food needs and establishing a thriving export industry, but also emerged as a global leader in agriculture and water management. So how did Israel succeed? Israel is a unique country whose history, politics, and geography shaped the mindset of its people and its leaders. Nonetheless, its lessons offer many valuable insights and practical lessons for other countries which their own limitations, which have their different limitations. I'm sorry. Israel's innovative ecosystem was central to its success in agriculture and water management. It provides solutions to problems faced by farmers and private actors along the value chain and continually develops new opportunities for the sector. The innovation approach is rooted in Israel's agriculture research and extension system. Let me tell you about this innovative approach in Israel overcoming its water shortages. Israel is one of the smallest and most densely populated countries in the, in the world. Meaning there is no spare land to waste. 
as only 20% of the land is arable, and approximately half of that is arid or semi-arid and requires irrigation, the development of drip irrigation has made a huge difference. Drip irrigation is the basis of many Israeli agricultural technologies. The idea of drip irrigation was first thought of and developed by Simcha Blas, who was the director of government water institutions in the new state of Israel. But his idea was actually born in the early 1930, when his attention was drawn to a big tree and a farm that, was, that the owner assured him had not received any water. Simcha Blas decided to dig below what appeared to be a dry surface, and he found a damp area near the base of the tree's roots. With further investigation, he discovered that a pipe near the house had been dripping, and a small amount of underground water was reaching the roots of the large tree. From around 1950, his idea began to materialize, and eventually, in 1965, he found a kibbutz in the Negev desert that agreed to try out his newly developed drip irrigation system. It was successful in saving water and increasing productivity and opened up new possibilities for agriculture in many parts of the country. Since then, the drip irrigation system is used in 75% of Israeli farms and has resulted in the country producing most of its own food and also exporting large amounts of agricultural products. Modern drip irrigation systems are very sophisticated as it is important to be sure that all the plants, whether they are close to or far from the valve, get the same amount of water and are consistent in systems that are run both uphill and downhill. The goal of the system is to eliminate wasting water. The system consists of valves that control the drops of water and have to be very precisely spaced along the irrigation line. Israeli drip irrigation systems have been sold to more than 100 countries around the world. And as the world's water supplies diminish, the more the system will benefit the world's population. In addition to water efficiency, we see the innovative approach resulting in many production achievements. As you can see in the charts, Israel innovation affects production. First of all, Israel records the highest productivity of cow milk in the world at 13,000 liters per cow compared to 10,000 liters in North America and 6,000 in Europe. Also, it produces 262 tons of citrus fruit per hectare, compared to 243 tons in North America and 211 in Europe. In addition, Israel's tomato yield is 300 tons per hectare, compared to an average of only 50 tons per hectare worldwide. And it is a world leader in the production of fruits such as pomegranates, nectarines, plums, dates, strawberries, and avocados. The country also leads in post-harvest handling. Israeli records, Israel records 0.5% of grain shortage loss 
compared to 20% worldwide. Now, let's move to our main subject, cannabis. In recent years, cannabis has moved to the center stage and has become a fascinating global phenomenon. Israeli companies play a major part in this market, leading the way in research, pharma, cultivation, and development of technological solutions. The dominance of the Israeli companies has been supported by the government that has taken a proactive approach early on since the 1990s. The Israeli government has been regulating the medical cannabis market. The Israeli Medical Cannabis Agency, IMCA, is leading this effort, ensuring the safety of patients while enabling the different players to create a vibrant and innovative cannabis ecosystem. Every day, Israeli companies are making a difference in this area and are collaborating and leading players from around the globe on groundbreaking medical research efforts. In general, Israel is a global R&D and innovation leader with a stable economy and one of the highest GDP growth rates worldwide. Specifically, it has a vast and innovative life science sector as well as a cutting edge medical device industry, which influenced the cannabis industry as well. In recent years, the Israeli cannabis industry has emerged in this unique ecosystem. The IMCA was established to promote the regulatory work following the first government resolution to regulate the cannabis sector in 2011. IMCA's objective is to provide patients with an appropriate source of supply of cannabis for medical purposes while protecting the health, well-being, and security of the public. My organization, the Israel Cannabis Association, is working day and night to advance the cannabis industry, focusing on the production chain. ICA facilitates a wide range of organizations from large enterprises, small medium businesses, startups, and nonprofits. ICA's mission is to optimize the value chains, return on investment, and product qualities using Israeli technologies. Accelerating growth and helping our partners and community to take the business to the next level. How does this association help? The Israel Cannabis Association works alongside top Israeli researchers and developers. We meet hundreds of products and technologies for seed to sales that accelerate growth engines for organizations such as distributors, dispensaries, producers, and cultivators. ICA combines our insight, our network, and our skilled staff so we can transform processes and strategies into business. We execute plans in order to achieve our partners' and clients' goals. Now, let's take a look at the local cannabis industry. <clears throat> Over the years, Israel has developed a vibrant ecosystem for cannabis. Its ecosystem puts it at the forefront of technological and agricultural innovation. Even though Israel is geographically small compared with other countries, in order to have a successful local cannabis industry, it is essential to have a comprehensive ecosystem surrounding the industry. In Israel, the ecosystem consists of the following areas, research and health association, government, agrotechnology, companies and startups, 
service providers, and investors and accelerators. Now, let's talk of each of these important participants in the industry. Research and health associations. The cannabis research heritage in Israel began in the 1960s with Professor Rafael Meshulam's groundbreaking research. <clears throat> His detection of THC and CBD, along with the discovery of cannabis receptors in the human body and of the endocannabinoid system, jump-started the medical revolution, which has transformed the debate around cannabis and the lives of so many people around the world. Nowadays, Israel has various entities conducting research in the cannabis field, from top universities to private companies and even governmental institutes. Teams are looking into the effects of cannabis in a wide range of areas, including cancer, PTSD, autism, epilepsy, Crohn's disease, and schizophrenia. At the moment, tens of active clinical trials are being conducted. Israel is considered an attractive location for clinical trials in a number of medical fields, and medical cannabis is no exception. Here, we see a chart of the ecosystems that supports this industry. Now, I'm going to explain the roles of each group on this chart and provide examples of how the group interacts. We have already the, we discussed the research and helping uh, associations, but what makes all this possible is the governmental participation. The Israeli government activity is pioneering in many ways. It regulates cannabis for medical use only. In contrast to the legalization approach in other countries that have regulated recreation use as well, but still, it offers a convenient research and development regulatory status. Only in January 2019, the government of Israel also approves the export of medical grade cannabis, which fully complies with its uh, cannabis ministry good manufacturing processes. On top of all of this, the government actively supports research through grants and promotes medical cannabis use through training programs for doctors, pharmacists, and entrepreneurs. I'm gonna add here a laser that I can do. Next, let's talk about the agro-technologies down here. Israel has developed agricultural technology, placing it at the forefront of the field. There are currently more than 460 agro-technology companies in Israel, of which more than 25% have been founded in the past five years. Growing cannabis possesses unique challenges for the growers, derived from the multiple stages of growth and the spe special conditions required. Israeli startups in the biotechnology and technology fields are helping to cope with these challenges and enable efficient standardized growing of the cannabis plants. Let me show you a specific example for the interaction between these different sectors. Groundwork Bioags that we see down here on my cruiser is an agrotechnology company. The founders of the company attended a lecture by Danny Levy, a researcher 
at the volcanic center that is right here. You see my uh, cruiser? Um, so Danny Lovi, um, who was researching the mycorrhizae symbiotic relationship between fungi and uh, plants in Professor Joram Kapulnik's laboratory, they learn about the unique mycorrhizae strains produced in the lab that could be very efficient for the cannabis plants. Nowadays, they produce a mycorrhizae incident which enhances plants' fruits. The company's sub startups subsidiary, Dynomyco, that is not here because it's not updated, but this is a section, has products that have been created specifically for the cannabis plant. And improve, it, it improves nutrition uptake, reduces fertilizers needs, and increases crop yields. The Volcanic Center, and we said that it's here, is the research arm for the Ministry of Agriculture Department and Rural Department. That is over here on the government side. This department jumpstarts many of our agritech innovations. Then, Groundwork Bioag has had two funding rounds from several venture capitalists, that is right here. And nowadays, Dynomyco is in the process of global distribution and is using the ICA services to reach global partners and clients. That's the service providers over here. And also, it's not there because it's um, from 2019. Next, let's discuss the cannabis companies and startups over here. The most significant expression of the success of the ecosystem is the abundance of companies and startups active in all, company, in all components of the industry. The support and participation from medical and pharmaceutical sectors are a requirement for the implementation of medicalization and a critical condition for the development of medical cannabis markets. Israeli health providers have an important role in advancing cannabis know-how as they are open to medical cannabis and are deeply involved in the research and regulatory processes. I'm moving to the service providers up here. The global cannabis industry generates professional, legal, regulatory, and economic complexities. Service providers for the cannabis sector have been developed in order to provide a solution to these complexities in accounting, legal advice, security, R&D services, and professional cultivation processes. All these consultancies are the main service provided by local companies. Investors and accelerators down here. Israel has a long tradition of technology leadership and successful startup system. These rely on the abundance of investment funds and private investors, as well as governmental funds. While a few as governmental funds, <clears throat> sorry, while a few main cannabis investment funds and accelerators are operating in Israel today, their limited numbers to date provide a genuine opportunity for Israeli and foreign investors seeking to invest in the Israeli cannabis markets. The existence of a comprehensive multidisciplinary ecosystem surrounding this Israeli cannabis industry and the clear advantages, experience, and expertise each component demonstrates 
position Israel as a contending front runner and world innovator in the field and as a fascinating location for potential investment and future developments. The global state of cannabis has shifted rapidly over the past few years. After decades of strict prohibition, the potential of the medical benefits of the plant is finally coming to light. Israel is also, rem also remains one of the only handful of countries in the world with a government-supported medical cannabis program. The scientific rigor, high-quality product, and permissive regulatory environment that characterize the Israeli cannabis research program are now attracting interest and investment from the world's largest cannabis companies. Thank you very much for listening to this presentation. I will take your questions now. Terrific. Thank you, Ophir. Let me see if any of our, our, our guests on here have some questions. I've got one or two, but I, I would prefer to defer to them. And I'm glad you have the uh, translator box up there because there's not a whole lot of people speak Southern Mississippi. So that would be, that <laughs> may be important, right? Um, any of our, any questions in particular, anybody before? Okay, hold on. Do you see, can you see that Q&A box pop up there? Do you want to look at that or? Okay. Yeah, I see something that's popping over here. And should I read it out for everyone? Sure, please, please do. Based on Israeli research to date, do you think all hemp cannabinoids are beneficial to humans? Are there any questionable cannabinoids in terms of their benefits? Good That's a, a serious question, a very serious one. And what I have to say about the cannabinoids is, first of all, it's very hard to say that one cannabinoid affects a person in such a way. And the whole discussion is moving into the entourage effect. So yes, we're discussing that each cannabinoid is important for the entourage effect of each strain. Today, when they're doing research here in Israel, mostly in the Technion, and they're checking each strain to see what, which one will help to a specific kind of, uh, of um, cancer. The word I was missing. So they re already understood that not only THC and CBD will help, let's say, a, some, a specific kind of cancer or a high percentage of uh, uh, CBG. It's the entourage effect of a strain, and it's a pro very problematic taking out one specific cannabinoid. Uh, was that kind of an answer? Let's assume yes. Yeah, I guess so. If you have a following question, feel free. Yes, it was good. Okay. So Brian says here, um, what about more about the Brian? I'm not sure. My M Y C I R. Mycorrhizae. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. That's for yes. Um, so the idea of the mycorrhizae, and I'm not a great expert about it, but I can give you the, the general idea of how it works. And the fungi connects to the roots and makes a, a line connection that you can see between the roots and making it um, take in more nutrition. So instead of spinning nutrition that just go to waste and go around the plants, 
the plant is able to take more inhale into it. And that way you save on the nutrition and it grows even stronger and faster. Now you're gonna see on the market, I'm sure you, you know many mycorrhizae that are in the stores today. And you need to notice what you have else in the mycorrhizae because usually it's mixed with all kinds of nutrition. You want to make that two different ones because you don't wanna waste your money on a mycorrhizae with a nutrient that it shows as if it works because you're adding the nutrient. You want a cheap, good mycorrhizae and then a good nutrient to go work together. I think that we're going to have an expert to make how do a whole webinar about this. That's a terrific answer for somebody that's an economics major, man. In particular, <laughs> I'm impressed. So that's, that's I, I'm in this business for a while. I'm around it. <laughs> Well, tell me about, well, let me make sure that if anybody else has a question. Okay. Uh, I'm not open with the Q&A, sorry. Okay. I can answer it. I ask it, what does the market look like in Israel for hemp fiber and herd or shivs? For example, is there a push to incorporate hempcrete or other hemp building materials into the construction industry in Israel? So I know specifically about the uh, startups that is in that process, but in the local regulation sales right now, we can't grow uh, for industrial hemp. It's not allowed. I have to say about the ways it does the regulation, and I have kind of an NDA under this, so I can't share everything. But the government, before they come out with a new regulation, they really test out all the options. So. Let's say with, when the, the hemp uh, law came out, there was a very big problem with having the, uh, acknowledging what is a THC flower, a cannabis, and what is hemp. And that, I'm sure you know a bunch of stories, a guy from New York that got uh, busted with a whole um, truck full of hemp and they took him, he sat in prison, his, uh, the stock went, there's tons of these stories. And before they're gonna regulate it, and we expect it to happen this year, and they're going to figure everything out. It's very interesting. There is a few things in the process, but as I said, it's not exactly something I can share. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> talk a little bit about the genetics and, and a lot of the um, research that has gone on there. This We kind of call it in the US kind of a technology transfer, for example, or a public-private partnership where maybe someone at a university shouts, Eureka, I found this thing, but that professor may be very good at what she does in the lab, but she's not necessarily a, a business person or a person that knows how to really kind of take that to market. So most of our universities and states all have some kind of a interaction like that where they're doing so that's kind of some background that we might be familiar with is that the same type of thing that's happened with the genetics in particular in israel um along yeah, those same lines so i i hope it's kind of understandable from the presentations that the government here really pushes forward into the um, private sector and um, like the example I gave with uh, uh, Groundwork Bioag and Dynamico, they had someone from a governmental institution that's called the Volcanic Center mm. come out of the lab, join the company, and produce this product. Now, it's the same with the strains. 
is there are all kind of researchers research done in the universities here in Israel or governmental institutions because there's more funds than the laboratories are made but sure. private companies are coming in and using that information to create a, a strange for the private sector and um, I mean Nick you know uh, an, a good example for that but I'll say that if you look at the news in Israel in the past few ye- uh, weeks there were two big investments from uh, from uh, EU and Canada in um, breeding companies here that breed genetics by demand now. So they have the knowledge how to do this genetics because they have uh, dozens of years um, doing so. And now they're opening it for the option for a specific uh, interest, a request. And uh, let's say uh, having a strain that's uh, better with molds or needs less water. So these are things that um, out of the university, this goes into the private sector and sold globally. We have many companies that sold their strains. And I don't know, maybe you heard about Tikkun Olam is a big name that in the, I don't know, five, six years ago, I think it was the, their strains were very common in the US. Um, but nowadays, yeah, we see a lot of uh, genetic companies go ahead and the knowledge they have also, it's the same like we had here with the um, cherry tomatoes and peppers. We had the research done in, in the universities that came out into varieties that were used here in, with the uh, in private sector. And now the, you can find them anywhere in the world. Same with Canada. No, that's, that's terrific because that's a, that's a huge plus, you know, that sometimes the bureaucracy within our governments and our, our um, institutions of higher learning, right? Sometimes they butt heads, they get in the way, there's all these regulations stuff. But I think one of the things that's impressive about what, what has happened in Israel is you're able to get beyond a lot of that because of the necessity is, hey, it's a food source, like you were talking about tomatoes and peppers, right? We don't have time to wait around, you know, and so the cannabis idea too, look, we've got the health of our people that need, you know, that, that need the plant and, and need this. Let's get beyond all that. Let's get things done. Right. I mean, so it's, yeah. um, <laughs> they're, they're interested we can all learn in well, you know, they don't want a variety to come out and, and be harmful for people or to hurt the soil and take out of it all the nutrition and then you can't grow anything else after that. Right. And, right. They're interested in the, the sector taking it in a responsible way into the private sector. I like it. And All right, we got another question. Um, is Israel a leader in developing novel delivery mechanisms like nanoparticles to increase the efficacy of, madam, of medical cannabis? And yes, as a short answer. As a longer one, there is a very interesting, there's a few companies that are, are in the sector. One that I very much like because they have a great story is Psyche Medical. And they have uh, created an inhaler for a raw product for cannabis flowers from medical use. So you can get a specific amount, you know how much you use. And then in, um, in, they did a test with Teva Pharmaceuticals, the big uh, pharmaceutical companies here. They found out that it's not only the best uh, inhaler for cannabis, it's the best inhaler for medicine, period. 
Really? And then they got a very big investment from Teva and from a few more companies, and, and that company is on its way. Excellent. Okay, there's a question there in the chat box. The textile market is going to be the backbone in this industry. We need to develop a strain that can be grown across the southern, the south, the southern United States, that can handle um, 100 degrees uh, temperature and 100% humidity. Do you know of a strain that we could start with? I know a person that knows about the strain. <laughs> and so I, I wouldn't, I'm not the expert to answer such a question. Uh, I wouldn't uh, think I am. But um, we have, as we said before, many companies that are doing such things and can create such a genetic. So let's say you have a hemp strain that is, I don't know, it, the humidity side of it is okay, but temperature not. And so we can modify the strain over time uh, using breeding techniques to get the strain to fit the, the specific area. Of course, the strains come from an origin and that origin, they're, they're good for that place. And in the minute you wanna move it to a different area in the world, you need it to help it a bit evolve to that new area. If that makes sense. Um, right, right. And, and just so you'll know as well, um, Brian, specific to that, that is about some of the partnership things that we're doing with the, with the co-op, uh, with the ICA as well. We are, to use a, a, um, uh, a term that we might use here, we're, we're putting our chocolate in their peanut butter, and we're trying <laughs> to find a way that, to be able to, to make things like that work so that we can get that back to people that are our, our member growers like yourself uh, that, that would be able to participate in that, so... That'd be a big part of that. So thank you. And yeah. If, if we would look back at the presentation about the page I showed you about the Israeli industry and how it helps each other. So this is exactly what the National Hemp Cooperative is doing. They're bringing uh, R&D company that has a government and, uh, and funding and are being part of the system to bring their breeding in the end to the, the local market. Yes. Exactly that. All right, another question here is, are there any parts of Israel that are better than others for growing cannabis? Is there like a large hub or a number that are, are they more spread out? Or, um, and then also, what is the growing season for cannabis in Israel? Okay, so in Israel, uh, cannabis is almost only grown indoor and greenhouses. Okay. And it's important to say there is Barely, and there's there is a few tryouts in different areas, and they're testing, and there is a governmental test. I, I believe they finished already. They started two years ago, I think, and, and planting hemp in all sides of the country to see where it will grow better. And, but nowadays, most of what we hear about is greenhouse and the indoor. That's, um, the environment doesn't matter much because of that, but uh, saying that there is areas in Israel that we see more of uh, cannabis growing because of uh, governmental supporting that areas. Let's say um, where in the past they used to grow the peppers, right now they're growing mostly cannabis. And in the south of Israel, there is uh, one municipality that is open the whole area only for cannabis. So they have the producers that grows everything together over there. And they get a tax break on uh, coming to that area. They're opening a startup hub over there. They bring the investors in. They really create that whole community. And 
in the cells of Israel. Interesting. Getting more towards the desert too, that makes it even more interesting, doesn't it? That they would be. It's in the desert, 100%. Desert. It's in the desert, right. Okay, not just toward it, right. It's, it's getting towards there, great. Outstanding. Ophir, I know that it's late there for you, and, and a, a young man like yourself needs your beauty sleep, and I know you want to be able to uh, um, move on. I don't want to stop any questions. If anybody else has another, these are great questions. Um, so let me, while I have uh, everyone here, just do a little commercial for us. If you are not on our mailing list, uh, we would encourage you to uh, jump over to our uh, webpage at nationalhempgrowerscoop.us and uh, nationalhempcoop.us, uh, I should say, and go on and sign up for our newsletter there so you can learn about updates for our upcoming webinars. Uh, next week, we will have Dr. Shelby Ellison, who is from the University of Wisconsin at Madison. She uh, participated in a USDA-funded uh, research survey that really started to, uh, that went out to, to hemp growers and people in the hemp industry kind of get an idea about what they see uh, the future being, at least in this next couple of years of, of, the, uh, of the hemp industry. So, and some interesting data, and she's going to come share that with us as well, too. So, uh, Ophir, we can't thank you enough for spending some time thank with us you. today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we really believe that we're going to, if we can twist Ophir's arm well enough, that maybe some of the, his members and some of the other people that are doing uh, cutting edge, really unique things that are not only doing them there in Israel, but also are, are applying some of that here in the US, that we might be able to get some of them on for future webinars as well, just to uh, increase everybody's awareness. We think that would be great. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you everyone attending. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.